the show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and welcome to the Marketing Forward Movement, where marketers and communicators are finally starting to make healthcare be about consumers and innovation. If you want to be a part of it, then this is the place for you. We're going to help you find your place in this new movement, and you are going to be one of the ones shifting the way that healthcare is marketed and experienced. One way we're helping you be part of the movement is through the Shift.Health content network. Now listen, I know you've probably heard me talk about Shift.Health, Not only because it's a new thing, but because in these times when we aren't getting the opportunities to see each other in person and have those hallway conversations, one of the only ways to grow professionally is to watch a video series or listen to a podcast. That's why I launched Shift.Health. It's a content network of podcasts and video series for anyone who wants to shift the way that healthcare is marketed and experienced. So go check it out at Shift.Health. Everything is available for free and on demand. So here's what's going to go down today. We'll kick things off with the flavor of the week about career resilience. Then we've got Rachel Ford Hutman in the house to inspire us with her story of launching her company in the middle of the pandemic and how the med tech world is looking from her vantage point these days. So let's get to it. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. The number one question I've been asked recently has little to do with marketing. In fact, it's the same question I've been asked for the last couple of years. How do I take the next step in my career, especially when things don't go as planned? I've thought and written a lot about this question, and I've wanted to provide a better answer than any basic self-help checklist or career advice listicle that you can dig up on Google. I wanted something specific for healthcare marketing tech and communications professionals, aka my colleagues, all of you. A few episodes ago on episode 108, I shared everything I've learned and felt about unexpected job changes, but I want to go further because things haven't gotten much better out there. Let's face it. Tens of millions of people are struggling with layoffs, furloughs, reduced income, derailed career plans, or at the very least, unfulfilling work. And while they're in crisis mode, many employers, unfortunately, are spending little to no time supporting their team members and advancing their careers. I know some of you fit in that same category because marketers, sales, and communicators have been hit especially hard. You might feel paralyzed and unsure how to take that first step back. What do we need to move forward? In a word, we need resilience. In fact, we need a specific kind. We need career resilience. It isn't just a pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off kind of quality, although that is important. It's the ability to recover and reinvent ourselves in innovative ways to see opportunities others don't see, or to create those opportunities out of nowhere. Career resilience is endurance, vision, creativity, grit, and a lot of pragmatic, roll-up-your-sleeves work, all rolled into one. 
So how do we develop career resilience? One way is from leaders we admire, although we often don't hear the whole story about the struggles they've gone through unless we dig deeper. We can also learn from each other, from our colleagues. Don't sell yourself short. I don't have all the puzzle pieces, but I have some of them, and you do too. I mean, my life isn't exactly going to be made into a Netflix original movie or anything, but what if I told you I went from zero to six figures in five months? Or that I see my family more, I have full control of my schedule every day, and I wake up with purpose in my work, all with more take-home money in my wallet. Look, there's no roadmap, but there are patterns we can follow to gain career resilience. There's a journey to develop it. I hope you'll come on that journey with me and commit to reinventing yourselves in whatever way you need to become indispensable to your organization, to do fulfilling work, and to lead satisfying careers. Let's celebrate the ups and downs. If we wanted stable and boring, we would have been accountants, right? And that's the flavor of the week. All right, today I've got Rachel Ford Hutman in the house. Rachel is the founder of Ford Hutman Media, which provides senior level communication support for leading pharma, healthcare, and digital health companies. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Jared. I'm so happy to be here chatting with you. Virtually, of course, very safe distance. Of course, and even better calling virtually from a safe distance when you're in San Diego. So a few complaints there. (laughs) Yes, I can see the ocean outside my door. I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) That sounds like me in the winter when people get a little sick of me intentionally bringing up the temperature in the winter and they're just like, yeah, just drop dead, Jared. Yeah, yeah. We have to be careful about that. (laughs) Yes, but a a pleasant problem to have one way or the other. It really is. It really is. So tell us more about Ford Hutman Media. This is something recent. This is during the pandemic, essentially. got going out on your own. And tell us more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I founded Ford Hutman Media in March. And as you said, we provide senior communications services to healthcare, biotech, medtech, and also venture capital firms. And I've got 15 years of communications experience. I've been lucky enough to work on some of the largest brands in the business, some of the biggest drug discoveries out there. And I also held a senior communications role at IBM um, for a while too. Fantastic. So we've got a lot to talk about, this intersection of communications of this pretty big, I'm underselling it, this pretty big career choice they made recently, how that's been playing out during the pandemic and then what's going on in the health tech world. So let's dive into all that in our rap battle. This is where we're going to be focusing today, this intersection of career decisions and communications and what's going on in health tech. Rap battle! Rap battle is simply where we challenge the status quo. And one of the ways that we challenge it is by inviting marketers and communicators and journalists and and content producers, anyone who's listening to this program, to challenge themselves in how they approach their careers, their fields of expertise, the career choices they make. And needless to say, so you're talking to a PR graduate who hasn't done PR in more than 15 years. And when I made my way to, to marketing, it was because I knew how to develop a website. Mm-hmm. And needless to say, in the early days, that was something I just did on the side, but that became a, a main part of every job I had. And then that became the job. And then that turned into digital marketing and mobile and social media and whatever else happens after that. And I bring that up because this hasn't been a linear line in a career path for most journalism, uh, communications, marketing folks out there. And I think the flexibility of understanding, if, if I knew that right up front, 
it may have made things a little easier. So I'd love to hear just kind of what led up to the formation of going out on your own and, and kind of walk us through what you were thinking, kind of how you knew what the right time was and so forth. Let's just start with that. Wow. Well, there's never going to be a right time. You know, you do have to just at some point trust that you have the experience and the relationship and make the jump. And I spoke to a lot of my friends in the industry. I spoke to people that had done this themselves. And I also spoke to a lot of my former clients. And that really gave me the confidence to do this. In January, there's a big healthcare conference called the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference. And I was there when I still worked at IBM, but I made sure at all the social events in the evening, I was catching up with my you know old contacts. And once I started telling people I was interested in doing this, Jared, the feedback was just so positive. Almost everyone was like, absolutely. Like, why have you taken so long, Rachel? Like, you're meant for this. We love working with you. You know, you've got such great experience, like, absolutely. And so I just, once I had those conversations, I think that's what really gave me the the confidence to do this. But I was still fearful and I still felt like, oh my God, I'd always worked for companies before. You know, I'd always had my benefits through companies and I always felt quote unquote taken care of through companies. And so there was a level of fear that I did have to just push through and say, you know what, I'm going to try. And I remember one of my good friends, he has his own agency, John Roderick. And he said to me, Rachel, what's the worst thing that could happen? It doesn't pan out and you just go back to a, you know, cushy corporate communications job. (laughs) He's like, that's the worst thing that could happen. And so once he said that, that really gave me the confidence. It was like, you know what? I'm ready. That was good advice. I mean, when you put it that way and you think about that, that's got to allay some of the fears. There's crunching the numbers just to make sure, hey, you know, doing some pro forma work basically for yourself and thinking like, how many clients do I need to start off with? At, at what rates? There's definitely the the financial side of it that you have to figure out as well. But yeah. there's also a the same question they ask there. What's the worst that could happen? You know, if I put find myself in this situation, am I okay with that or what would I do? Yeah. And if that's comfortable, it sounds like you, you work through all that. I did, I did. And and really just having those conversations. I think I would encourage people to just talk to others that have gone through it and and learn from others, right? You know, stand on the shoulders of giants, you know? You don't have to do this all and recreate the wheel here. And there's so many successful people that have done it. And so I had a lot of those conversations, you know? And I just put it out there. I said, you're so successful. And and also to working at so many different PR firms, I've had, I've seen the businesses grow and scale. And so I would talk to, you know, my prior CEOs and say, you know, how did you do this? How did you grow your company? You know, how many employees did you have to start? How did you know when to hire employees? Like asking all those questions and people really respect it. And while I would even have those conversations, then they'd refer me to other people to speak to. And they'd be like, you know what, Rach, you should speak to such and such CEO at this agency because he's focused very much and blah, blah, blah. So you know, it just all the network kind of expanded very quickly. Yeah. Let's dig into that. The relationship side of this. Could you have done this without building the relationships you've had in the industry? And how have you built those relationships? Yeah. So I think I get this question all the time from people and not to pat myself on the back here, but people tell me I'm very good at relationship building. And I think I am pretty good at relationship building, but I think it's because usually I build relationships, not trying to necessarily get anything out of it, you know, and it's the same thing too, when you're working with people with the media, you know, it's like when you just get to know somebody on a fundamental, you know, human to human level, you're very connected. 
and you stay in touch, you know? So there's just so many people I've kept relationships with over the years. And it's because I know their family. I know where they went to school. I, you know, know that they like surfing, like whatever those things are outside of work. And then when we actually bring the work stuff into it, it's almost like, oh, it's like very comfortable to then say, hey, can you tell me about how you grew your business? Oh, by the way, how's Janie's 15th birthday? (laughs) You know, it's, it's just, you have these really close relationships, but it does take time to build, right? And I think that's the hardest thing for people early in their careers that they kind of want those relationships out of the gate. And it does take years and years of working with these people and getting to know them in different roles too. You know, some of my clients previously, we would switch roles, you know, and then they hired me later and then I'd refer them to other people. You know, it's like this, it just takes time and you really, you can't fast forward it, unfortunately. Sounds like content marketing. You can't fast forward that either, you know, or, or good communications, good PR, good branding. You can't fast forward any of those. Really, really sad attempt for me to make a segue here, but the <laughs> point taken, right? Like the seeing those little investments of time in a relationship that you make over years and now look how that's paying off. It's so true. And I think also I've been really lucky because I've worked at, I think four, four agencies and I spent a couple years at each of those agencies, sometimes a little bit longer. And each time I carried those relationships with me. And then of course with clients as well. So for me, it's helped that I've moved around quite a bit in my career and my network has expanded each time. And then at IBM, that was an amazing experience because being such a large company, I was able to, my network expanded, you know, probably maybe doubled at that point. But your question was, could I have done it without those experience, without those relationships? And I would say no, Jared. And from people that I've spoken to in the industry, they've told me the ones that have told me they are, they could have grown faster. They would have started later when they had more of the relationships in the industry. People that started too early and didn't have that network built have told me that it took them longer to become successful. So I definitely clued in on that quickly. That's great. That's just something to keep in mind. I think we have, I know we have, we have quite a few listeners who are just going through maybe in the early stages, but they're going through this thought process of how do I know it's time? I've thought about this before. What do I need to know? How do I prepare? And so this is helpful for a lot of our listeners just, just to go through this and hear that after going through all those parts that it's, it's working out. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering just what about the industry itself? What attracts you to, to health tech and, and, and biotech and healthcare in general? Like what are, what's interesting in, in the types of communications you're doing right now? What excites you? Absolutely. So very interestingly, I was not like a science geek, you know, in school. I was very much drawn to English and I just didn't dig science, chemistry. Those were my worst classes. So when I started at my first firm, they actually specialized in healthcare and technology, which are two of the big staples here in the San Diego market. And so I just started working in healthcare and technology, but I was drawn to it so quickly because I started seeing the impact that we actually had, you know, in people's lives and for the better. And it just made me really inspired knowing that we were helping bring new drugs to market that patients really needed. You know, it felt like I was making a positive impact in the world. You know, I'm not just selling another iPhone. Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) I love my iPhone. But I just felt so, so inspired and motivated. And that just, honestly, I'm so lucky that I had that first experience at that agency, Clearpoint Agency in San Diego. 
And this is what I would inspire or encourage other people to do as well is to try things that you're not necessarily drawn to, right? It's kind of like in college, you know, that first year of college where they make you take all of the, the generals because they want you to learn and expand, you know, your worldview. And that's what happened to me. And I'm so, so glad because once I got in there, I was like, this is so cool. And I'm so happy because right now looking at healthcare and technology, you know, it's so important with everything that's happening with COVID. And I have friends in PR that aren't doing so well because they're in, you know, some consumer and they're struggling because right now, you know, it's a lot harder of a sell, you know, on the new iPhone case versus a new vaccine. For sure. Hey there, listeners. If you're all about listening to your website visitors to learn more about how to improve your website experience, then G-Site is for you. G-Site is a suite of digital improvement tools that capture the voice of the digital customer. Hi, I'm Rob Klein, co-founder of G-Site and founder and CEO of Klein & Partners, a market research and brand consulting firm dedicated to helping hospitals and health systems find their brand voice. I co-developed this service offering with the team at Greystone.net several years ago. G-Site helps you prioritize and focus your website improvement and enhancement efforts. It's a suite of solutions, including a pop-up website experience survey tool, a user-friendly dashboard and reporting tool, a user behavior tracking tool, expert consulting services, and more. What if I told you that 8% of your visitors have a new negative opinion of your brand after visiting your website? Now multiply that number by the total number of annual visitors. Does that number scare you? If so, go to www.graystone.net forward slash G site to learn more about how we can help and sign up for an introductory overview. Hope to speak with you soon. It just kind of brings to mind how health tech companies go about their communications in a very different way to begin with. What are you seeing from from your network, clients, and just others in the industry going on, where are health tech companies focusing? What types of things are they asking you for help with or, or just saying that these are our challenges right now? What, what are yeah. you seeing right now? Well, I think the media is more important than ever. We're seeing reporters getting laid off all around the globe. We're seeing reporters having to focus on COVID. And so certain industries aren't getting covered as much. And so clients are really coming to me for my media expertise because they want to still get their news out there, but it might not be COVID related or it might be, but you really need somebody with the experience and relationships with the media to help get that story out there right now. It's such a challenging time. The other thing I'm seeing right now is with content development. So even more than ever, companies are having to put out their own news and their own content and tell their own stories. And so I'm working with almost all of my clients right now for that content development thought leadership and helping them do basically what I call storytizing, which is finding what their story angles are, you know, talking to them and challenging them to like, what's really unique about your technology? How are you really differentiated in the market? You know, looking at their competitors. And then once we do that, then we put the content together and potentially try to either place it in the media as earned content, or we put it on their website. And then the other important thing I'm seeing right now is social. And again, you know, having your own story to tell as much as you possibly can, because it's, it's so frustrating when I work so hard to get a great story placed for a client 
and then they don't share it on their social platforms, right? They don't share it internally with their employees. They don't send it in a newsletter to their clients. Like, you know, it's like maximizing every little bit that you can. And so I really help clients with that part of it too. And sometimes they, you know, they don't have the resources, you know, sometimes some of the startups I work with don't have the resources. And so I kind of have to help them through that. But to be honest with you, some of the larger companies, they don't have the resources because everybody's so strapped. And so they miss some of these things that seem obvious, but they, they miss it too, because they're moving so quickly to the next thing as well. I mean, COVID has just you know, made everyone so much busier. Yeah, it really has. I've seen that too a, a lot. And any tips for when you're bringing that to their awareness that you've just delivered them this fantastic placement, this great story. Uh, here, here's some tips. Here's, by the way, here's how you make sure you maximize this. What do you tell them at that point? Yeah, you know, well, I try to tell them, we try to talk about it earlier so that they already know once we get that story placed and they know what they need to do. So I try to make it as easy for them as possible. We're getting the story placed on Wednesday. Who's leading social? You know, it's, I think that project management helps. Kind of like, do you guys have the tweet developed? Do you need my team to develop the tweet? Who's actually sending the tweet? Like just asking those questions and it gets there their heads thinking. And then they're like, oh yeah, Sarah, she needs to do that. And then they send an email to Sarah. So I think sometimes it's just those little reminders help quite a bit and just developing the content too. Again, it's like little things like putting a tweet together. But I know when I was at IBM, you know, it's just so helpful when your agency can provide this, this content because you're, you're, everyone's juggling a lot of different things. And so anything the agency can do to make your life a little bit easier goes a long way. I hear that. What are you seeing then topic-wise in the health tech industry? What are companies... COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was maybe a better way to say it. It would be, uh, what are they trying to talk about besides COVID? <laughs> Whether successfully or not, it's a different story. But like, what, what are they hoping to get out? Like, what stories are they trying to get out there into the world? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think right now, you know, you're seeing a lot of the the digital health companies, you know, trying to think through how they can use data and analytics, you know, and, and how they can use their technologies to to impact, you know, not only the pandemic, but patients, right? Like how can we get patients that still need to be treated? Like telehealth is on the rise quite a bit. How can we keep them out of the hospitals? What procedures can we potentially, you know, do uh, outpatient? So you're seeing a lot of the technologies really being helpful with new ways of treating patients, which I'm a big fan of, right? Anything you can do to make my life a little bit easier and to not have to go in, you know, to the doctor's office sounds great. You're seeing AI technologies. They're being used in a lot of interesting ways. Again, trying to keep people out of the clinic potentially and, and, and at home as much as possible. And then I would say, obviously, in biopharma, biotech. I mean, we still have our regular drugs in development. Things have slowed down a little bit, but you are still seeing the, the, the drugs moving along there. But obviously, then you look at COVID and drug development regarding COVID is just what everybody is focused on right now. And then also technologies, again, around COVID trials. So people are now talking about, you know, what potentially from um, clinical research perspective, you know, the next test past COVID, what do we need to start thinking of through that? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting time. I have to say I'm, I'm so incredibly busy and I'm so impressed too with the companies that I work with and how they're looking at their technologies in just totally new ways, you know, how so many of them have pivoted. Um, one of the companies I work with, 
Veerly, which is the life sciences arm of Google, they're doing a lot of work right now with COVID testing on the front lines and using their, their platform to help with the testing, right? And the results all over the country. And so that's been so interesting. And they pivoted and created this website and their platform for this within days. And then they've just grown from there. Now we just launched last week testing that they're doing, helping to get students back to school and helping University of Alabama and Brown University with, with that business model has pivoted towards COVID. And that's been just so inspiring seeing them working so hard. And, you know, I think people are just motivated in this really awesome way right now because we're all in this together. That's a pretty cool thing. I hear examples of that too in the digital health realm. When you mentioned telehealth and I've, I think it's interesting how the acceleration of how quickly everyone's trying to pivot, mm-hmm. not just to keep the lights on, but because of this general this true desire to to actually use the science that we can and the innovation in the med tech world to address COVID, but then to see what other possibilities that brings up. And tell out this one example where, where I've heard, I mean, we all know how, how much it's exploded and yet there's an opportunity coming right behind that to yeah. improve the experience, right? Yes. When health systems have been thinking around with it for years and then within a matter of two, three, four, five weeks, got something stood up Mm-hmm. It's probably not providing the the experience, like the customer experience that you'd want. They're really complex in a lot of cases. First sign up here, go log in there, then you'll get a text, then you go back and log back in, and then you're not sure what to click or what to do. And the more steps involved, the fact is, hats off to all of the health organizations, health systems that have done this, that have yeah. opened the store, that have made telehealth visits available. Now there's going to be these new opportunities coming behind it to improve an experience, to reduce friction there. And and there's going to be a whole other level of innovation. And I feel like it's going to be the same way in the health tech world of a whole new level of innovation that comes behind it. It's so true. And I love what you just said about reducing friction. At IBM, the CTO there, Ted Tanner, he used to say that technology just needs to get out of the way, right? And it's so true. It's like, you don't want to be thinking about what you just said, all those steps in that telehealth visit, it's like that's the challenge of technology to make it as simple as possible, right? So that we don't have to think about it. And I think that's why so many people get annoyed with technology. And especially when you look at the healthcare space, because physicians, everyone in the healthcare realm really, has been thrown so many technologies over the years that just have not worked and that have created more friction. And so people are very skeptical in healthcare about new technologies because they just think it's going to be another one that doesn't work, right? They just go in already just thinking it's going to be a failure. And so they never even embrace it. And so when that technology comes in in health tech, and it's coming soon, and I don't know, somebody right now is developing, I guarantee you, Jared, but there's a technology that's coming soon that's going to blow people's minds. And I can't wait for it. But people have, once they see how easy things could be in healthcare. And I'm talking very much now into like digital health and data and analytics. And they're going to have this amazing moment. Like FinTech had its PayPal moment that just like blew everyone away. And there's going to be something that happens in health tech too. That's just going to be like, they're going to get it. They're going to get it. And it's close. But right now everything is still very siloed and people are still struggling to work together. You're seeing the payers and the providers and everybody's you know, still holding on to their data and so scared to, to let go of their little piece of the pie and eventually somebody's just going to come up and like blow the pie apart and they're gonna, everyone's going to scramble. It's going to be cool. It is. It's going to be cool. I'm, I'm living for that day. I'm telling you, I, I believe the same thing. And mm-hmm. it, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, what can we do now to help prepare? Well, I feel like there's plenty we can do to prepare. Whatever side of this we're on, if we're on 
the biotech, med tech, health tech side. If we're on the B2C side, the direct to consumer, uh, working for a health system, wherever we are in this, in the industry, we can help start preparing people's minds for that. We can start preparing people for the fact that things are going to change. And so like, don't get caught up in the way things are now. Reducing friction in an experience now is a good way to get people thinking of how to innovate things that aren't a bright, shiny object in front of them. And I see that kind of incremental innovation as something that's, that I'm paying a lot of attention to because that that's what, in my mind, has the potential to blow our mind, lead up to that blow our mind moment. I, I love that thought of that. That's coming soon. And the fact that we don't know what it is, even better. Like, let's just be prepared. No, it's probably in somebody, some guy in a, his garage, or gal, or gal in their garage right now is putting this thing together. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what it is. But I agree with what you said about just being open to it, because I think that's part of it too. And that might be one of the you know bright spots that come out of COVID is that I do think all of us are being challenged to rethink our role in society and, and, you know, our place there. And this is getting maybe a little too philosophical for this conversation, but it's going to, things are going to change. They're not going to, everyone says the new normal, right? And I do think coming out of COVID, you know, we're, we're going to be in a new world. It's going to be interesting. It really is. I could keep going on this, but but (laughs) we're coming up on the end here. And I I just want to make sure I give you a, a chance to let listeners know how to connect with you. And then any, any final thoughts we haven't had a chance to share yet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all the usual ways. I'm on Twitter, Rachel Hutman, uh, LinkedIn, and then my website, FordHutmanMedia.com. Great. Anything else we haven't discussed yet today that you just want to make sure uh, people hear before we go? Yeah, just looking, thinking outside the box, you know, from a career perspective and challenging yourself. You know, look at careers that are adjacent to maybe what you're doing already. I kind of fell into PR. I was a journalist, worked as a reporter for several years. And then the 2008 financial crisis hit and I had to find a new job and I got creative. And to be honest with you, I didn't even really like PR. I thought PR people were annoying, (laughs) you know, but I challenged myself and I knew I loved storytelling. And I said, you know what, I'll still be able to tell stories in this new career. So I was very lucky, but I think that whole thing about like, follow your dreams, you know, if there's something that excites you, I think just go in that direction and um, you'll be successful. Thanks so much. I, I love it. This is inspiring. I know people are going to get a lot out of this. They're, they're going to start thinking. They're going to start thinking a little bit more intentionally about this. And I hope they reach out to you for any more uh, advice there. I appreciate the time we've had today, Rachel. Uh, stay safe, stay well, keep up all the good work, and can't wait to hear more about what you're doing. Thanks, Jared. You too. I need a dime. I ain't faking a book. So you crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Altera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Altera Digital. It's off the hook. Hey guys, this is Jared. Altera Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, mmm, not so heavenly, was it? By now you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. 
Ultera Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. Hey, thanks to Rachel, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to be part of the Marketing Forward movement. Listen, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. Healthcare App is a member of the brand new Shift.Health content network. Go check it out at Shift.Health. It's podcasts and video series about shifting the way healthcare is marketed and experienced, all for free and on demand. So on behalf of Rachel and myself, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap. 